on this bonus episode of Progressive Palaver, the group discusses progressive Christmas albums. Welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands, album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this bonus episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friends, Tom Corcoran, Ken Gregory, and Paul Zotter, as we share some lovely Christmas time music. Happy holidays. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Holidays. <laughs> whatever, whatever we're supposed to say these days. Um, Three seconds ago, we were just like, fuck work. We're so close <laughs> to being at the end of the year. Oh. <laughs> well, I, Actually, I you were just say, saying it, but we were all thinking. it. You know, uh, while I was eating dinner tonight, I went into a complete frenzy because I was like, OK, frenzy. I want to be in the, the, you know, the Christmas spirit. I was trying to find like a, a Santa hat. Or something, and I was like, Bonnie, you know, where's where we have to have a Santa hat somewhere in here because it seems like whenever you're going through your Christmas stuff, there's like 20 of them, yeah. And I'm like, well, so we, we, I, I couldn't find any of them. I'm like, oh, the guys are gonna have all their you know lights and stuff in the background, and they're probably gonna have like you know, Paul always does something you know, festive, and I'm like, I'm gonna be the only one that doesn't have a Santa hat, so I feel good that you guys <laughs> you know, <laughs> just you know, did your thing. And I can I can feel comfortable now that I'm not. I you know, it's funny that you festive. say that, Tom, because I have a a piece of holiday festive clothing to wear, and I forgot to put it on tonight. So well, there you go. We'll, we'll I collaborate over the holidays. I can wear it then. And I, I've got I've got a badass Santa hat. I mean, it is big and fuzzy, and it's got the biggest fucking puffball on the end of the the thing. It's got a big fuzzy ball at the end of it it does have a big fuzzy ball and i'm pretty proud of that but i haven't uh, actually haven't uncovered it yet as i slowly go through my uh, my holiday boxes so there you go but you know for me it was good enough on the uh before we came on air just to have a little you know guitar porn time so very happy with there that there you go nice as i sit here and look over at my les paul and i just kind of drool every time i look at it it's Yum. still pretty but that's neither here nor there so a couple of weeks ago, one of you gentlemen, and I don't remember which one, so please take credit when it's time, suggested, oh, Tom, Tom raises <laughs> his hand. I'm all about the credit, baby. <laughs> and suggested that we do this little bonus episode where we each pick a holiday-themed album and, and we could discuss it in sort of a free-form fashion. Now, me being me, I went and I tried to find particulars for these records. And quite frankly, huh. there's there's not a lot. Um, we each picked one and I was able to find particulars for only mine, actually. <laughs> huh. I found a little bit of information on two of the others. And for perhaps, in my opinion, the best of them all, I found nothing, nothing at all. So we'll, we're just going to have to sort of free form this one a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think that's good, though. It's it's almost like 
you know, when you go to your your work holiday party, right, and everyone gets to relax a little bit, and you know, you still have sort of the framework of being with work people, but it's you know, you don't have powerpoints and everything else. So, so we're just going to you know live in this sort of ugly Christmas sweater, um, you know, quasi whatever zone where we're we're to steal your phrase, Tom. We're partly palaver. But we'll just be a little bit more casual about it. Oh. So that being said, nice. how would we like to do this? Do we just want to go around the horn, introduce our records and talk about it for a little bit? Or do we want to do a timer? What? How are you guys feeling about this? Well, if you could just inventory the count, because I only know three here, but there are four people. There are four people. Mm. So Tom suggested Rob Halford's Celestial. That was a shocker. That was a shocker. <laughs> Ken, you suggested December's People's, well, I think their most recent one, A Classic Rock Christmas, if I have that title correct. A Classic Rock Christmas. I recommended John Anderson's Three Ships as a secondary option when Paul usurped my first option, which rightfully so, and I do not begrudge him, on perhaps the greatest Christmas album ever in the Narada Christmas sampler. Mm. So mm. those are the, mm. the four that we oh, have. I should talk first on Narada, and then you guys can redeem me. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, and and and, and the, the ironic thing, I don't know if it's ironic, the, the funny thing about this all is, is that at least two of us, myself and Tom, already have our albums picked out for next year as well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. So oh, so we are we are good to go. But you know and and it's yeah you know let's talk about this, right? Because Christmas music. Say what you want to about it. It's you know it, it's ubiquitous. I think everyone agrees that, you know, every every radio market has the one station that is sort of offered up as the sacrificial lamb to be the Christmas music station for the season. Um, here in Dallas, Fort Worth, it, it switches up every couple of years, which I find kind of funny. I'd love to know how they decide how that happens. I think most people would agree that Christmas music appears far too early in the season. Um, but, you know, it, they're... It's funny how it becomes just part of the psyche. And even if you fundamentally hate it, there are certain aspects of it that are just inescapable, right? Uh, you know, I, I'm one, honest to God, I, for years, 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 I will just, you know, randomly break in and start singing Jingle Bells any time of year. Huh. No fucking clue why. <laughs> it just, you know, it, it's it's you know, sort of like screen image burned into my brain. And every so often it just kind of pops out. And, you know, the cool thing about, about Christmas music is there are so many different ways to, you know, interpret it. So when I was growing up, you know, my, my parents had, you know, the, the, the stack of, of, Christmas LPs that you would pull out. And when I was, you know, a young man in my twenties and I, you know, was into buying CDs and, and everything else, I thought, okay, cool. And so I purchased some of my own and, and you've got, you've got the biggies, right? You've got, uh, you've got Sinatra, you've got, um, 
You've got Bing Crosby. You've got Bing Crosby, right? Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis. Uh, all well, these guys. Oh, you, know, you know, Roger Whitaker does have a uh, Christmas album. Roger Whitaker, exactly. And you know, they they all they've all got them. Perry Como. Perry Como was uh, the yes. Beauclair household, absolutely number one. There you go. So, so you've got your crooners who are doing it. You've got the the Montavani orchestrated interpretations. You know, in the classic role. Um, when we were growing up, there was a very special Christmas, so that added sort of like mm. the the pop spin on it a little bit, which was kind of fun. And you know, now we've got all these different things. So, I mean, I, Rob Halford, who knew? Well, now we know. So, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways that you can interpret it. And so I, I thought it was kind of fun that we, you know, we, we, uh, we suggested this and, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to it. I think it's kind of fun. The only response I have to that, Joe, is how could it ever, ever be considered too early to pull out Rob Halford's version of God rest you, Mary gentlemen. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I mean, that's like Halloween worthy, I think. <laughs> yeah, Rob, Rob Halford's uh, interpretation may may sort of bend the rules a little bit, much like um, The Nightmare Before Christmas. I was so, just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to confess, I did listen to this in the summer. <laughs> did you? <laughs> <laughs> Was it was it July 20, 25th, Christmas in July? No, I was just thinking about it. I was like, gosh, I remember last year. I really liked that album. I wonder if I still <laughs> like it. I put it on. I was like, God, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. So, I mean, do we do we want to start off with Rob Halford then? Or, Ken, you said we need to start on Narada so we can bring you back or whatever. <laughs> Well, well, all right. So, so, um, we talk about sonic dissonance in the palaver from time to time. We'll have lyrics that are maybe of a, uh, morose or sad theme, but the music could be holly jolly or vice versa. The lyrics could be perfectly fine, but we have ominous music in the background. We, we, we love to point out the sonic dissonance that we run into. Well, my dissonance was, all right, I'm going to put in the Palaver Christmas. It's going to be holly jolly, and I'm going to go out for a run. And Narada was the slowest goddamn thing I had ever <laughs> run to. And and I got so mad. I think I ran faster because I was running dis- in spite of the music. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I bet it's an awesome album. But I kind of just blew my chance to enjoy it by by teeing it up there first. So huh. uh, teeing it up for a run, Ken, I, I think I understand maybe a source of your frustration. And Paul, if I may, Please. I would like to share a memory about my first experience with this record. And it, it involves your dorm room in Millersville. Wow. Oh, wow. So... It, it was it was you know that magical point in our lives. Um, so if I was driving up to Millersville, it was probably our senior year. I'm guessing. Okay. Um, it, it, I had my car, so it was either our junior or senior year. It doesn't really matter. And I had come up to Millersville probably right at the end of of the winter of the fall semester. And I remember 
it, it was it, these two things are intimately tied in my memory. So I had just it, this this was after this was after the holidays in Eden tour when you had met Merlene and they had told you about all about Eve because I had at this point purchased mm. all about Eve and was bringing that CD and could not wait to play it for you. I must mm. have. I must have, you know, gone to class that day and then driven up to Millersville because I remember getting to your dorm relatively late, or maybe it was your apartment. I don't know what the hell when you lived where, but I remember yeah. being in whatever room you were in and it was dark and you had like Christmas lights. I don't remember if there was a tree or something, but there were Christmas lights going and you had the Narada Christmas sampler playing. And mm. so Ken, it was the exact opposite. In that environment, <laughs> it was the absolute perfect place to experience the soothing beauty that is the Narada Christmas sampler. Nice. M much unlike, you know, trying to go out for a run in Philadelphia <laughs> listening to it, which, you know, yeah, that doesn't really work out very well. And it was one of those things where, you know, that was at the point where I was kind of deep into the, you know, these types of, of artists anyway. Um, you know, the, the David Lances of the world and, and all of that. And so this just sort of, you know, synced up absolutely perfectly with um, with what I was feeling at the time. And, and so ever since then, I was like, wow, this is great. And I will tell you, you know, I, everyone probably knows, well, our listeners don't know, you guys know, I'm a bit of a Grinch. You know, I'll, I'll be honest, mm, Christmas mm. as a general season stresses me the freak out. Mm -hmm. There are there are parts of it that I like. And, and and so there are some years when I've been more stressed than others and I have not actively participated maybe quite as much. But I can guarantee you that there has never had a year pass when I have not listened to this record. Mm. Oh, if I listen to no... If I do nothing else Christmas related, you know, besides put up the tree because, you know, for the kids, I will listen to this one record alone. I guarantee you. So nice. that's my that's that's my memory. I love that, Joe. I I love it. I um so I discovered this at Millersville as well. And this album was released in 1988, but it had to have been some sometime after and i think i've talked about uh, joe you and i talked about how i had to do that trevor rabin song oh uh, right right sorrow yes so it that was this wasn't the same class but it was a similar instance where we were in some sort of class and we had to do different projects and this one person you know, had to talk about a song and talk about why it was great and all this stuff. And he brought forth the Oh Holy Night by David Lance and Paul Spear. And it was kind of, it was like, in, it was October and he, he was talking about it and he was kind of going through it. And I was just like, Oh, this is nuts. It's, it's, it's Christmas. But I, I liked David Lance, and Paul Spear. And I was like, yeah. okay, I'm interested. And I literally, I can picture the exact seat I was sitting in in the in the room when he started playing this over the speakers, and it was just like I was transported. I couldn't believe that I was listening to "Oh Holy Night," and it just took me to another place. 
and it to this day that remains like my favorite version of the song and uh you know so i went out and got it for that holiday and like you i've this has been like the cornerstone of of my christmas listening i mean goodness i remember literally i remember holding luke when he was an infant <laughs> the his first christmas like listening to this and humming along and you know it's it's just it's been a part of my existence for so long um it's 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 just for me a very magical collection of songs mm. wonderful mm. i will say this this exercise made me realize more than anything else when it comes to christmas music i definitely identify with like the fish loving marillion crowd where like the first four christmas albums i've ever heard it's like the only thing i can i can take <laughs> and i can't really have room in my brain for anything else it seems so oh is daniel Pinkham's Christmas cantata in that list. Yes, it is. In fact, from, yeah, from our high school choir. Yeah. yeah, I mean it. I mean my my go-to playlist is basically the Narada, Daniel Pinkham's Christmas cantata, a couple of of uh, Johnny Mathis albums. Wow. And then just like a, a like a best of Christmas, which has like everyone that you just mentioned, Joe, like Elvis, Perry Cuomo, Frank Sinatra. Yeah. So, like I said, for for me on, on this list, um, that is the the Narada Christmas sampler is just a sublime example. Nothing against. Well, you know, I've I've got my own things to say about the album that I picked, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know? the thing, it's just a cool sort of new age experience of Christmas music, and I think maybe that's why it works, right? Because wasn't new age kind of fashionable in the late eighties, early nineties? Yeah, Spyro Gyro and all that those bands, you know, and they and, and Michael who's the guy who's the guy from from TV Entertainment Tonight or whatever? Who, oh, uh, John Tesh. John Tesh. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Avalon is still one of my favorites. Yeah. Guitar guy. Guitaro. Oh, Guitaro? I had Guitaro, Guitaro. Worked with John Anderson. I've got For the sure. album. Mm -hmm. I studied to sure. Guitaro. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that if new age has kind of gone by the wayside as far as a genre, maybe it hasn't, maybe I just, maybe I just aged out. Um, may, you know, this has, you know, this fits well because Christmas music is, you know, I, I kind of think like, if you think about the number of times you hear Christmas songs in the month of December, all of the Decembers of your whole life, it probably adds up to the same number of times you hear regular pop songs, 12 months, of the year, I don't. Know. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, while I'm getting all regional about this, we should give props to our uh, Longwood Gardens in the Christmas spirit, because oh, we have God. all we have all made the, the the voyage to see the the lovely displays and lights and whatnot. And once I got to uh, accompany a choir out there. On, nice. I was a bass player at the time years ago. Um, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a wonderful Pennsylvania tradition if you're in the Philadelphia suburbs. To uh, I mean, there are arboretums all over the country and wonderful light shows and gardens. But Longwood is is pretty close to the top. It's it's a lot of good Dupont money over there. I will say, and, and this is this is me. You brought up Longwood, Ken. 
I'm going to go on record here, and I've, I've said this before to other people, Longwood Gardens, and I've been a lot of places, is hands down my favorite place on the planet, bar none, period, end of sentence. Jesus. Wow. Wow. There, there's, there, wow. there's just something when I go there, the, the, the positive re resonance that I get is off the charts, and it is always that way. It doesn't matter when I go, what I'm doing, how I'm feeling at the time, anything else, nothing. No, and I've, I, like I said, I've been to some beautiful places, but Longwood Gardens is, it's the pinnacle. Wow, so my I reaction. At Longwood Gardens, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if I was ever there. I, I'm, I can't believe, um, I, I, I just don't remember being there. But like, what, like, what do you do when you're there? You just. You experience nature. Yeah, you just take it all in. And it's not, it's not, I mean, some of it's nature, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a garden. It's, it's yeah. just a most perfect example of a garden. And it doesn't matter what, I mean, provided that they're not reconstructing everything, you know, there's, there's a wide breadth of experiences to have there. So they have, you know, um, they have the topiary garden, they have the rose garden, they have this beautiful waterfall, they have the conservatory with all these different rooms in there. Like there's a bonsai room and there's a, a water lily room. Um, you know, just all of this stuff. There's, um, there, there's an Italian water garden, which is off the charts fantastic. And like on the edge of it all, sort of like heading out into the wilderness, they have what is called the meadow. And I was always charmed by the phrase, the meadow, because growing up in suburban, you know, wonderland that like we did, you didn't see meadows, but this is an honest to God meadow. And of course, after I discovered all about Eve and all of this ties together into like this time of year anyway, they've got a song on their first album called In the Meadow. And every time I'm there now, all about Eve's In the Meadow poop, pops into my head. It popped into my huh. head right now. Just talking Neat. about it. <laughs> My reaction to this is stunning because, I mean, I literally live 12 minutes from Longwood Gardens. 12 yeah, minutes. It's a 12-minute ride. <laughs> I, I have not been there in 11 years. <laughs> yeah, I've been there more than you have in that time. Yes, every, indeed. Almost every time I come to stay at your house, I, I find time to go there. I, I do have... Um, it, it seems like the perfect place to go for an introverted dude who just wants to chill out and be by himself, you know? Like, it seems like the, But nonetheless, I do have a fun story about Longwood Gardens that I'm, I'd, I'd like to share um, because they do have a pretty epic Christmas display. Yes. So in another time, when I also lived 12 minutes from Longwood Gardens, I went with a family. And as... Uh, this is probably typical of me we went on like a tuesday night or a wednesday night right to avoid the crowds sure and and you know we're enjoying it's cool it's pretty cold outside it's near the holidays and and we're enjoying the in inside conservatories we're enjoying the lights we're enjoying the outside and they have an outdoor skating rink and they are going to have a skating exhibition and so we go when we sit on the cold bleachers and, and 
you know, it's cold, it's outdoors. They're playing like, you know, Christmas type music. I think one of the skaters came out and did a did a performance to one of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra songs. And it just came across really cheesy. And and quite frankly, the skaters were amateur at best. Like it just, you know, they weren't dazzling in any respect whatsoever. <laughs> not so everyone is raising work. two ice hockey Wait. players, but yeah, point taken. What's that? What's that? Not not everyone is raising two ice hockey players. Well, I mean, they just weren't. I mean, like even from a figure skating perspective, right? The, the jumps and the little twirls, it, they didn't seem like anything more than elementary, right, to me. And it seemed like they were local kids from like the University of Delaware rank who are just kind of learning and a couple of coaches and just wasn't very, it wasn't pushing the envelope of figure skating. And I thought this is Longwood Gardens. This is like a premier place. I'm a little disappointed. So I go to work like Thursday and a buddy of mine is like telling me that this weekend he and his family are going to go to Longwood Gardens. And they're really excited. It's the first time they've ever been to the light show. And so I say to him, I say, hey, listen, do yourself a favor. Skip the figure skating. It's just <laughs> it's just not worth it. Well, he and his family go on like Saturday night. Okay. And he comes in on Monday and he goes, Zotter. He's like, you have pretty high standards for figure skating. And I was like, are you kidding? I was like, that was amateur at best. He goes, they were like ex-Olympians who were skating. And, I, and so like they had the primetime Saturday crowd and they have all these old Olympians doing all these great things. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. That's what I get for going on like a Tuesday night. Paul, I thought I, you were going to say when you went into work and you were telling your friend about the skaters, um, he was going to say, oh, my, my kid, my kid, my, kid, my kids <laughs> were part of that. <laughs> You're giving me an anxiety attack because I'm wondering when I went there with the choir, were we the B crew or the A crew? I'm kind of kind of oh, nervous about the answer. <laughs> All right, so uh, <laughs> that's that's phenomenal. So if if we if I may, I'd like to uh, to move on to to my offering here, which would be Three Ships by John Anderson. Now, this is this is an album that I bought back in the day. Um, and, and 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 it's funny because I I I didn't even know that it was a Christmas album. And and if you look at the the wiki page for this, it's very funny. Under the the heading of reception, it says the album received only a single star from Sounds reviewer Hugh Fielder, who called it a quote soppy retreat from realism. End quote. Revealing the uh, reviewing the album for all music, David Connolly wrote, quote, this is an oddity, a Christmas album incognito, save for a red and green stripe on the back cover. The outside packaging is conspicuously devoid of the usual holiday trappings, leaving the astute person to deduce from the track listing three ships true intent. So that's true. I hadn't really paid attention to it, but huh. um, I, I bought it simply because it was a John Anderson album and I was kind of, you know, into the whole thing. And, and I don't have my actual copy here. I don't know. It might be in, in one of my cars. But the, the copy I have apparently is a is a Japanese import because the the uh, the CD booklet is printed in both English and Japanese, which is kind of fun. Huh. And hmm. I did I did share the 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 picture, the back cover picture with you guys, which is just, you know, so this album, um, 
this album came out in 1985. So it's in between um, animation and in the city of angels. And it's, it's, it's in between 90125 and big generator. Hmm. And so it has that, that beautiful young, relatively clean cut mid eighties version of John Anderson. That is just, he's just cute. There's no other way to describe him. He's adorable. And, you know, there's there's a certain wham aspect to the clothes that he's wearing on that back cover photo. <laughs> and, and I will say, you know, much as as much as the neurotic Christmas sampler has achieved timeless, wonderful status in in my estimation, three ships is mired firmly in the mid 80s and will never, ever, ever move away from it. It is, you know, it, it it's not great, let's be honest, but it is kind of fun. You know, there are moments on this record where I'm 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 struggling with am I listening to to something off ABWH or am I listening to We Have Heaven or you know, I I, mm. I don't know. You know John I was thinking about this today. So John Anderson, as a solo artist, is prolific. It seems like any time a band he's in is like taking a breath for two months, John's like, shit, I got to record an album. <laughs> and, and in so doing, like, so, so John Anderson solo records, generally speaking, seem to be very scaled back, very sketchy in the term that they're not fully fleshed out as songs i think and and i was thinking about that because we're you know we're in the middle of talking about peter gabriel and we sort of reached that point where where peter has reached creative critical mass and he he's now got all the pieces in place and the solo records from peter gabriel are you know just going to get you know continually more whatever on, on the way out and Epic. john just doesn't seem to be really that concerned about it now maybe this because it's this is a christmas record but the other solo records from him all fall along similar lines hmm. um so I, I just think it's funny and, and if we look at the if we look at the the credits here the credits are phenomenal so besides the obvious things you know we've got you know, uh, the Beyond War Philharmonic. We have a gospel choir. We've got an inspirational choir. We've got a children's choir. Isn't that wonderful? But, and we've got uh, Jade Anderson, uh, which I guess is one of his kids on Jingle Bells, which is very cute. Um, but we have on guitar Trevor Rabin and Elliot Easton. Hmm. Wow. Who the hell puts those two together? What? Wow. Mm. Nice. Frankie Benali on drums, really? along with uh, Rick Parnell. You know, it's just like, who who came up with this? It's it's phenomenal. Yeah, Frankie just passed. He was one of the hardest working uh, drummers in showbiz. He never stopped his act right up until the end. You know, and, and, well, and I, I didn't know he was on that album. That's, that's incredible, actually. Right? And, and listening to it, you would never know. No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So easier said than done, which is sort of the the, the first big song on there. It, it it's it's very catchy and everything else, and that has the "Oh Come All Ye Faithful" guitar solo, which is you know how cute is that? 
you know, I will say though, a lot of this is is difficult to listen to. This is an album that I normally listen to if if I pull it out at all once in the Christmas season and I'm done. But for this, I obviously had to listen to it, uh, you know, a lot more than I normally would. And and the more I listened to it, the more grating it became to me. Um, but you know, there are some there are some good aspects of it. I think. Um, I think his version of Oh Holy Night actually is is really phenomenal. I yeah. think Oh Holy Night is is a song that seems particularly well suited to what John does. Nice. The, the rest of this may be less so, but I, I definitely thought that was a, a high point for me. I I, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, How many times did you listen to it? <laughs> twice. Okay, there uh, you go. Uh, and I I wish that it would had been like he would have sort of dove into the Christmas a little bit more. Not that I'm in love with Christmas music, but I just, I feel that like, kind of like what you were saying, Joe, it was sort of like he, he didn't like fully go into this because he's in the, involved in so many projects maybe or whatever. Um, he didn't, he didn't really have a very distinct vision, but there are points on here that are really nice. Like they, he took the time to, to get a, a group of people together that um, really brought um, really nice dynamics and instrumentation to, to the songs. You could hear some of the sort of yes influence. Um, it was sort of like yes, junior varsity, but it was still good. I mean, it was still appropriate. It's it's, it's the Wednesday afternoon version of yes, <laughs> right? Oh <boy>. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it had texture. I guess the word I'm looking for is 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 really nice texture. Uh, and there were moments that I was like, okay, this is this is really nice. But he never quite held on to it. Like like the, the highs, he never. Um, held on to it, but you know, I was uh, listened to the whole thing, and I was I, I was happy with it. And then, so so this is the thing: I'm often influenced by things that come before and after something. Okay. And there's sort of a common denominator with some of the things I might talk about on the palaver, where I have expectations and maybe someone uh, comes short of those expectations. Maybe it's the other way around. So I was listening to three ships and I was enjoying it and I was listening to it on YouTube. And as we know, if you finish an album on YouTube, another one pops on and it sort of plays something in the same genre that you were listening to. And the Chris Squire album came on the uh, Chris Squire Christmas album. Ah, yeah. And I was just like, I was blown away by that. And then I just completely forgot about three ships. <laughs> and, I like, and I was like, what was I listening to before? And I ended up, I had to actually, I had to pull myself away from that. Cause I'm like, okay, I have to talk about these other, you know, albums. And, and here I am listening to the, the, the Chris Squire album. And so at that point uh, you so didn't give I, I three ships. I, I'm glad I, discovered it but i kind of wish you know i i did discover it when i did because I, I i really think that john anderson has some elements that are not really discovered by 
the yes community. And I think it's for the reason that you brought up, Joe. Um, it, it, you know, a lot of these things, there's probably so many of John Anderson's solo stuff. I think people come, I think people become desensitized to it. Um, just like a, a huge laundry list of John Anderson things. And, and a lot of things are hard to come by. I, and this is one of them. Yeah, absolutely. We're, yeah. we're having trouble finding it. And so, but I think it has a place in his catalog and I would like to see it be reissued and and maybe a different cover so people can you know see it as a christmas album uh you know it's sort of kind of late to remarket something that you know came out um in the in in the 80s but you know there's something to be said for marketing and i think he you know missed the boat on that and because i mean there are some really nice things on this on this album and i think it deserves to be listened to and um yeah, I think the Yes fans would really appreciate this album uh, for 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 what it is, and I th- I think it's a nice album. So, uh, you know, I, again, you know the the Chris Squire album, and we'll talk about this next year. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> that really caught me off guard, and just hearing it back to back, there the time that was spent on each of these albums is obvious. And the time that was spent on the Chris Squire album, you know, it's it's like night and day from Three Ships. But that being said, I think Three Ships is still solid, and I was I thought I thought it was a great listen. Well, good. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Joe. I think you introduced me to Three Ships. Um, I have a strange memory of being in my parents' basement, <laughs> and I want to say you were already you were already moved to Texas. Um, and you were home visiting maybe for the holidays. Does that even make sense? Yeah, possible. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're going to school early on in your school career. Yeah, and and I don't remember the circumstances. I don't know if you were crashing at the house, but I was like in the midst, in the throes of you were rushing somewhere. I was rushing off somewhere, and you were like, "By the way, I picked this up. It's really good. You need to make a dub of it." <laughs> I can't believe I said it was really good, but okay. And and, uh, and I had it on on cassette. But the funny part when I put when I put like queued this up on YouTube and started listening, I was like, I was just thrilled because I'd been listening. I've been listening to to um, Rob Halford, <laughs> uh, a thousand a thousand hands. Yeah, that what yeah. it's called. Which is great. I really, I really, I come. I don't know why, but I'm kind of surprised how much I like that. But because um, it's a really good record. That's why. that must be why. But and and we've heard John Anderson sing so many times in in the recent years, and he just sounds so great. And and I cue this up, and I just I feel like it's just this youthful, yeah, John Anderson singing. Like you said, it's like the we have heaven. Like you you get all of these warm fuzzy feelings about John Anderson singing. Yes, stylish kind of melodies. And then it's it's all wrapped in sort of this Christmas thing, and you're right again. Oh, whole, oh holy night is a wonderful version, and it just ma- really made me happy to hear this. And because I, I hadn't listened to it in in so very long, and but I think you're right. It you know it's not going to break the barrier of the four Marillion albums of my Christmas collection, and <laughs> and you know listen to it once, and I was like, okay, that was cool. I, I'm glad I did that, and uh, 
and I moved on. Unfortunately for me, Tom, instead of the follow-up being queued up as the Chris Squire Christmas album, I was treated to Yes's Talk, which I was not ready for in any wow. way, shape, or form. Yeah. That's wow. that's a bit jarring. Yes. Ken, did you try to run to this one? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, wait, it's not on Spotify. Of course you didn't. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I can't jam YouTube into a playlist. Um, no, they have playlists. They just don't work with running. Um, so what What little I, I did skim of this on YouTube, uh, it's just a shame he didn't have a producer because this really could have been an iconic Christmas album. If he had the likes of an Eddie Offord or even better, a Trevor Horn. And this could have just been molded into something amazing. But, but he did have a producer, Ken. This album was produced by none other than Roy Thomas Baker. Oh, <laughs> well, there we go. Maybe we could get a Stephen Wilson remix of Three Ships. To your point, Tom, get the re-release. That would be great. Yeah. Oh, hey. So I was just looking here. Um, I was looking at the track listing because in 2007, they, they did a, 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 an extended reissue. And it's got five extra tracks on it. And easier said than done, written by one Van Gillis. So oh. there's, a, there's a little spice in the sauce for you. Okay. So okay. Oh, you know what? You, when you said, why not, you know, get, uh, who, who were you talking about? What we were talking about? Uh, reissues or remasters you said Stephen yeah. Wilson should do three ships you know yeah, who I think should do it Kersner he would he would go nuts and he would he would add a couple cents or yeah. something but it, but it would yeah. be really tasteful he would do a good job yeah I don't doubt it all right so Tom let's talk some Rob Halford man a couple of years ago when I, I sort of had my Judas Priest, you know, resurgence. I don't know if I was just having a midlife crisis or, or whatnot. And I was sort of um, having this later in life appreciation for uh, <clears throat> Judas Priest. I, as uh, happens, you know, <laughs> the, it happens, you know. This album came out last year. I mean, this is a, a new album. And I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I did. I, I think it just it came out last year. It did. And, right. I mean, talk about prolific, right? Jesus. <laughs> and I uh, immediately listened to it because I was really into firepower and, of course, Nostradamus. But so I was like, God, I just, I for some reason knew this was, uh, I was going to like it. I was like, this is just something I'm like because I, I I often don't like Christmas music, and there are exceptions, and sometimes I, um, you know, hear something I like, but you know, in general, it, Christmas music just sort of gets stale, especially rock. I was uh, I I always look back to when I was in high school. And I'd be driving around around Christmas time, my Trans Am. I'd probably be going from, you know, some, some, a couple of girls I was seeing or whatnot. I'd be like listening to like W94 YSP and they'd be playing the same like rock songs, like the same, the Kinks song and the, 
and the Sting song and all that. It's like every year it was like the same thing. I'm like, okay. And it just, um, it sort of never um, got better than that over the years. And occasionally I can appreciate something and uh, I can appreciate a, a lot of things and different things, but that doesn't mean I'm like really going to be excited about it. So some reason I was like, I, I got to hear this. And I put it on and I was not, I'm not really a big fan of the first song, to be honest. That's like the weakest song of the, the album. Uh, but after that, like every song was just like a reinvention of the song. It was sort of, it gives you the heavy metal that you want, but it's sort of innovative in ways. And it just, it's something that you can listen to in the car and be jazzed, but also get in the Christmas spirit. And I learned a little about, a little bit about it. I guess it, it was the, the players are a lot of the sons of the guys in Jews Priest. Uh, Ian Hill's son is one of them. <clears throat> There's a couple other ones that um, were a part of it in, in different ways. And they had been working on it over a couple of years. Hmm. And I, I just really, every time I, I hear these, this album now, like this is going to be my album that I listen to every, 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 every year. I just, um, it, it gives you the best of both worlds. It sort of gives you that energy that you sometimes need over the holidays because you're stressed or you're tired or whatever your issue is. And it sort of, you know, gives you that, that jet pack, but it doesn't give it to you in a, and I realize you guys may disagree with this, but uh, it, it doesn't give it to you in a, in a, a stale stock way. Uh, I feel that it's, it's done with things are done with a little bit of a twist and Rob Halford really does justice with coming up with interesting ways to sing and, 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 and interesting renditions of these songs. And um, I, I really like it. I, 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 this is probably as silly as it sounds. Uh, you're probably used to just ridiculous stuff from me, but this is probably like the only and best Christmas album. Like I, I will, this is probably the only <laughs> Christmas album that I will listen to like every year and that I'm actually excited about listening to. So I, I had to bring it to the table and actually, you know what? I'm already a hypocrite because I know just listening to the Chris Squire album, um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm probably going to listen to that. So I'm already stepping on my own uh, tongue here. So, but I, I will say um, that um, it, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. And I think it, it's just, if you, if you want to have fun with an album, um, I, I don't know that that's why I, I think, you know, having fun around the holidays and, and just screaming your head off to, to some of these songs is, is, is where it's at. So I, I wanted to share with you guys. Nice. It is somewhat of, of a, a breath of fresh air in the normal dirge of Christmas, of Christmas music, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, def I mean, definitely a different spin on some old classics for me. And, uh, I, you know, I had this playlist going and I was cooking dinner and my boys were like starting to, you know, come around the kitchen cause it was getting close to feeding time. And, um, 
<laughs> and <laughs> and this album started playing <laughs> and i don't really remember what part it was but i think luke said dad what are we listening to <laughs> i was like this, this would not- be the heavy metal portion of the, of the show tonight but um <laughs> But it's it, it's it's like it is like when you like I think we were talking about like Christmas music. Tom, you said it's all the same shit. The Eagles and the Bruce Springsteen and the and you know all the same stuff you're on the radio. It's oh like, God, can I just say I fucking hate that Bruce Springsteen Santa Claus is coming to town. I fucking oh, hate yeah. it. Just oh. complete aside. Yeah, sorry, it wow. came out okay. when we were what like fourteen or fifteen or something. Yeah, and it was really overplayed back then, and we've been stuck with it our entire adult lives. Well, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I've got, I've got other issues with Bruce, and I just, you know, I would listen if if Henry Rollins was playing a song and decided to talk to me for fifteen minutes in the middle, I would fucking eat it up. I don't want to hear Bruce Springsteen talk to me at all. But that's neither here nor there. Mm, mm, mm. Sorry, Paul, didn't no mean worries. to interrupt. No worries, but there you go. But uh, conversely, Rob Halford is a breath of fresh air when it comes to Christmas music. So, I. I chuckled so hard when you when when you sent this uh, to us, Tom, as your choice, because I was like, of course, of course, who even knew Rob Halford had a Christmas album? Um, but I'm glad <laughs> I you did. I, I got to say, Tom, this this was not my cup of tea. This is <laughs> this, this is not this has nothing to do with Christmas for me at all. I found like some the original songs I thought were were pretty entertaining, like Donner and Blitzen was was really um, something I could get into, um, but something like something uber traditional, like Deck the Halls, was just very grating to me. I was like, ah, ah. I mean, that's a very original that's, treatment of it. But point yeah, I mean, it it is, and, and and he does it really, really well. It's just you know, it was, I don't know, it just it was it was a bit much for me. I, I like I loved you know by contrast though God rest you merry gentlemen that seemed to work really well for me I thought that was wonderful mm-hmm. so you know it's it's you know kind of up and down but yeah it 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 certainly is not you know it, it's unlike anything else we've ever heard and and there was something so beautifully appropriate that this was even available for for you to put up on this episode Tom I just I loved it for that alone and quite frankly the the front cover picture is is pretty priceless <laughs> it is you got to love that cover you, you, I mean and that's that's the thing right this is Rob Halford you know he knows who he is and and he's not changing that which is kind of cool I you know I I totally respect it I dig this. It's it's got some variety to it. There are three or four types of songs. Um, they do the the uber metal thing where they make something more minor key than it originally is. Uh, they do the straight up kind of punkish version that I like a lot, where they kind of play the song straight, but they just do it fast in metal. I, I yeah, dig that. I'm, I'm always a sucker. I, for I got that. the punk feel too. I thought of that yeah. as I was listening to yeah. this. Yeah, I always like it when metal is allowed to cross over into punk. Uh, Priest definitely had some of that in the early days. Maiden had a little bit of that here and there in the Paul Diano days. And I, I love how they ex- exploit that here with the Christmas carols. Then they have the Tex-Mex version with the strummy guitars where it gets all dark and, and kind of uh, gloomy. Is that uh, maybe, uh, I think a little town in Bethlehem might get strummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 
kind of yeah. sounds like it, it's it's being done in the wide west or in mexico um and then and then and then there are just some more celestial as the album is is titled you know maybe some more spacey cerebral things going on here i like the variety uh a good mix of real drummers and drum machines they really put some thought into the percussion and they they went all out where they needed it and they were economical where they didn't uh you know it, it it's a very good range for him he's he's singing in, in a really good healthy range for the for the older man he's not screaming constantly i was worried about that and they they, they kept it pretty musical so i thought they did a fantastic job with this album Ken, maybe you can introduce us a little bit to uh, December people and, and listeners to the Palaver should already be clued in a little bit. But having met Robert Berry prior to Prague Stock, see, seeing him uh, in Kennett Square and seeing him in Rahway, New Jersey and uh, speaking to Robert and his whole band, uh, I, I think that Robert is a process. You know, to say that he has, you know, this good song or that good song or, or, or this contribution to Keith Emerson or this contribution to whoever it is. What I like about Robert is he's always going through a process. You know, he may destroy Watcher of the Skies and then rebuild it up again and, and, and with a little bit of a Led Zeppelin swagger. He may, you know, take a Christmas song in December, people, and break it down and build it back up again. And if he has too many melodies or, you know, too many quote-unquote hit songs or whatever, it kind of takes away from the journey. What I love about Robert is, is just, he's just destroying things and building things in new ways and doing it in a very musical style. And uh, the December People is just a um, very obvious implementation of that. You know, and, and when we talked to to Robert on the show, and he described a little bit about the process for December people. And when I when I finally pulled up this this uh this album and listened to it, I mean he described it absolutely perfectly. Yes. It, it it's it was it was amazing that you know, he understood exactly what he was going for and the way he's able to achieve it. It, I, 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 I was just, I was charmed beyond my ability <laughs> to express when I finally heard this and I was like, wow, this is, this is great. You know, it, and, and Ken, I think you described him as a mad genius in our text. And I think that's definitely the case. I was, I was going through this and I was, you know, I was enjoying it. You know, you sort of, you, you, you get the, 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 uh, the gag or whatever you want to call it, you know, the, the hook and okay, that's great. That's cool. And when, and I forget exactly which track it is, I think it was probably track four or so. Um, it's, it's the one, um, Toto. yeah, the Toto one. And, and, Toto was never anything that really connected with me, but I remember Paul was like super into it and, and through all of the, the Toto connections that I've discovered later on in life, you know, my, my appreciation for Toto has grown tremendously. So I was listening to that portion. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's really cool. I, I really, really like that. And then we, we get to here comes Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm listening to the tubes, white punks on dope. Do here comes <laughs> Santa Claus. And I am I'm fucking sold at this point, dude. I am all in on Robert Barry. I will name my next dog after him. Whatever the case needs to be. I was okay. like, yes. I mean, the tubes, so, you know, influence. much like Rob Halford provided that sort of spin for you, Tom. This here comes Santa Claus in the style of the tubes, white punks on dope sold, done, happy. This changed my Christmas season. Ah. All right, so the formula is he thinks about standard Christmas songs and matches them up with, with pop songs and actually rips off many of the riffs from the pop songs but changes them just slightly so that one could not be sued in court. So there's a lot of Tom Petty going on in the lead-off track on this particular album. And it's not their most recent. It may, may be their second. We have to give a quick shout-out to Magna Carta Records, uh, responsible for the third and fourth Doug Pinnock solo albums and, and, and many really interesting tangent albums from uh, well-known artists. Uh, Magna Carta made, made this possible. Uh, I think... Discogs had it, if I remember correctly. But the, the December People is available online, DecemberPeople.com. And you can check out what videos they have on YouTube. And you can check out the members. Uh, some pretty good stuff. All right, so here we go. Uh, they, they, they did a couple... Uh, Oh, 2001, 2010, 13, 15, and 17. The one we're checking out appears to be the 15. So 2015, five years ago. It's great stuff. Now, we, we speak of the mad genius of Robert. The Tube's influence is probably coming from Dave Med, the actual right. Tube's key, keyboardist. So, so, you know, props to that guy. But every member of the five-member band is absolutely gold. Um, you've got Gary Pill, who played with Boston, if I remember correctly. Gary Pill, who played um, doo -doo 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 with Sammy Hagar for 30-plus yeah. years. That's amazing, yeah. yeah, and Boston after yeah. that. Jack Foster. Yes, he's Dave the new Med, guy. And Dave Lauser. Yeah, yeah, great drums. Also, Sammy Hagar, if I remember correctly. Also, Sammy Hagar, absolutely. Yep. And you know, sometimes you get a supergroup, and it's noisy. But but this is maybe more of a supergroup in the Ringo Starr vein of being very musical and very cooperative. No one is is flexing their muscles and stepping on other people here. It's not simply being wild and crazy and overdoing some pop songs and singing Christmas carols over them. It's allowed to breathe and be emotional too. Maybe not in the Narada sense. It's not quite that dramatic and orchestrated, but just listening to the vocal performances in some of the ballads, uh, Oh, Holy Night at the end, and the one that, 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 that's kind of like Hotel California, that's uh, Oh, Come All You Faithful. Actually, you know, very, very chill and, and beautiful. 
I really love this album and I first listened to it when I was in the car and I had a long drive. I have a meeting um, in Orange County, it was a ways away. And I listened to the whole album front to back, just one way to this meeting. And it got me through, um, got it, it got me through the whole trip um, with bells on, no pun intended here. Um, and I was thinking a lot about it as I was listening to it, why I was enjoying it. Uh, and I think that if you even talk about the very first song, Silver Bells, it really engulfs the essence of Christmas. It's not just an exercise that these guys Robert Berry and all the other players are doing, they actually have um, something greater in mind, which is, you know, to, to get you emotionally involved. And um, it's just a lot of it is fun. And it's and sometimes people forget things like that. And I, I talk about this a lot with movies because I, I analyze a lot of the debacles that I'm a part of uh, when I'm uh, filming <laughs> movies and I'm like, gosh, this is a horror film. There's like nothing scary about this film. Doesn't anyone think that, you know, a horror film should be scary or if I'm, if I'm doing a comedy, I'm like, I've been on this film for a month and I haven't laughed at any of this. You know, oh, this oh. What are all these people doing? Like I'm, 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 I'm laughing at the fact that it, it's, it's not funny, but I'm not, I'm not laughing at anything that's funny. And I, you, you sort of you, you sit back and you get skeptical of everything and you forget that there is a reason why people enjoy things. There's um, an emotional involvement. And um, I was just really enjoying it for what it was. And it was fun to hear the original rhythm tracks, you know, what song that it was originally on okay this is toto okay this is yeah you know, tom petty van halen it's, it's fun to sort of um you know to discover some of these things and you know this even the second time i listened, I listened to it i was catching things i hadn't heard the first time and um i the first time i listened to it i didn't even know that you know the toto was africa and was it rosanna mm -hmm. I, yep. I just I didn't even catch that that the, the second part of that uh, for some reason I was just, but the, the, this is, this is the thing I was having such a good time with it that's why I was not paying attention to it right you weren't you weren't looking for the, right. the the connection you were just enjoying what it was I was just enjoying it and then uh, I was listening to it you know the second time I listened to it was while I was cooking dinner and then I was like oh dude this is Rosanna well how could I have missed this and, and so it's it's fun you know and, and it, it was just, I think it was very successful in what, you know, he was supposed to be doing, you know, what, what he wanted to do. He was very successful in doing it. This was um, a lot of fun and it just gets you in the Christmas spirit and it, it gets you going and it's gets you going on different levels because it's smart. It gets you going on an emotional level, but it's actually, very smart because it um you're 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 hearing things differently than you're used to hearing them 
whether it's, you know, the Eagles or, or whatnot, and you're sort of exploring it, you're sort of discovering it um, in, in, a, in, a, in a fun way. And um, I, it was just, it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So um, I'm glad this was put on the list, Ken. Well, what was it you said earlier, Joe? Not your cup of tea? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I have a lot of really good things to say about Robert Barry, but not a lot of it is going to be about the December People uh, record that we listened to. Um, that, this just did not from like maybe I, I must have misunderstood when I heard, you know, you know, on the Progressive Palaver interview with him when, when he talked about what the December People was. I guess I just didn't quite connect the dots. Um, but, but, you know, like I just, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't, I don't, I don't want to hear running down a dream or American girl ever again on the radio. I certainly don't want to hear it with silver bells, you know, overlaid on top of it. Um, and, 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 you know, and I wanted to like it and I wanted it to, I wanted to be, you know, Oh, I wonder what he's going to put over this, you know, as I was driving and, and, you know, when I got, when I got the good King Wenceslas over, I want my MTV. I, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I, uh, <laughs> I, I shamefully, I just bailed. Well, that's not this so, particular. See, I liked, I liked that. Good King Wenceslas is just, it's fun to say and hear just off the top of my head or, you know, in general. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and, and, it, it, and it was fun. Uh, you know, when I was listening to that, I was like, I can't believe he's going to do this. And of course he did. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. That's kind of my, my thought about the whole thing is like, I can't believe they're doing this. This is, <laughs> um, I'll take the Rob Halford, good King Wenceslas, um, every day and twice on Sunday. Um, wow. Okay. But, but you know, like, you know, like, again, it just, just not my, just not for me. Right. Just, I, I, I think Tom, what you said is, is spot on. And I, I actually, everything you, all you guys have said, and you know, Ken, it does breathe and there's some good stuff going on. I, I can't disagree with any of that. I, there were times where I thought like, this is just like, did they even record this or did they just like find a karaoke, a really good karaoke thing online and just like go to town? Um, you know, but I'll, but you know, I'll say that, but I'm going to, I'm going to order you know, 3.2's next album. I mean, I I think that the Fond Farewell fucking kicks ass. And, um, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. this, one, this one just ain't for me. So. Fond Farewell is awesome. It, it, it seems to me kind of like Baba O'Reilly in Seven. There's something really powerful <laughs> about those chords and there's something really up and positive. And I, I yeah, I, I imagine that if you like the previous 3.2, this is going to be awesome did like the previous 3.2 so i'm excited by this i have i do have a a, a question for you guys because one of the things that i thought of as i was you know listening to this and just thinking about christmas music in general is that you know similar to say for example die hard right which is an action adventure movie but pretty much everyone agrees it's a it's a Christmas movie, right? And the it's sort of an unintended Christmas movie. 
there are certain albums for me that I always think of around the holidays and I will always pull out and play, you know, during the holidays because for whatever, mostly because of, you know, memories or whatever, they, they just fit for me. And I'm curious if you guys have any albums that are not a Christmas album that you're like, Oh, it's this, it's, it's the holiday season. I'm fixing myself some hot apple cider and I'm going to play this because it reminds me of Christmas. I've got two. Those two albums and one I've already mentioned. Um, actually, I haven't already mentioned it. Sort of I did. All About Eve, Scarlet, and Other Stories. I discovered it around this time mm. and it is forever embedded in my mind. Plus it has the song December. It, it just, there's yes. something about the production of that record that feels cold to me. Hmm. And and that sounds like it's a not good thing, but it's actually a deliciously wonderful thing. And the other one that goes with it, and you know, this is we're 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 treading into Joe music here. However, it, you know, if, if anyone ever thinks you know has some spare time, I would maybe give this one a listen. Modern English is after the snow. Um, this is, this was an album I used to listen to when, I don't know if you guys remember, um, when I, when I still lived at, uh, with my, with my mother at Christmas time, I would set up the, the family train platform in the basement. And while I was decorating that train platform, I would play this, this record. It, it has that sort of winter feel to it, mostly because of the title track after the snow. But the important thing about this album is um, you know, it, it falls into that magical category. There's a big fat helping of oboe throughout this entire record. Ah. Which is, you know, again, one of the things that sort of floats my canoe. And, and in a lot of ways, it it is not, it's really not anything like, you know, Melt With You or, or anything that you would think of when you think of, of modern English. So that, it's, not, those, it's not the one with Melt With You? It is not the one with, uh, the, with Melt With You. Did that come, did that come... After the snow, <laughs> I I I believe I I believe um, I believe the one with uh, Melt with You is their first record, and then After the Snow is their second. There's actually a third afterwards, and and each three all, all each one of the three is different from the other ones. It's, I don't know what the hell they were doing, but cool. I love. I can't believe you you know mentioned. I mean, I can Scarlet and other stories because I. I, it's been at least as long as I've listened to Three Ships as I've listened to that album. So I think that's going to be queued up very soon. Tim Braschino rocks, man. Mm. That's an interesting question, Paul. Um, and when you first asked it, I, I I couldn't think of anything. But now that I... Had Just let minutes, me talk long enough, Tom, and you'll figure it yeah, out. <laughs> you know, um George Winston's December and I don't ah. it, it's as you guys were talking I was like George Winston December oh December like well it's it should be obvious that it should be something that's played over the holidays but it has there's no holiday music on it I mean it just it's just uh, I don't know why you called it December we can look into it but uh I 
it always is something that I would play or my brother would play or we still do around the holidays. And we somehow always one of us will reach for that when we're together you know now it'll be on spotify or pandora or whatever but we'll sort of reach for it however we reach for things and um it it sort of brings out probably brings out something similar to um, something that you would listen to on the holiday end but it just it doesn't give you the holiday spiel and I never thought of it. I just, I would, cause I would also listen to it um, other times a year. So, but it's called December. And I, it just sort of like hit me that maybe he did have something in mind when he was putting out this record that um, this is maybe a holiday record. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be interested to look into, but I do listen to that around the holidays. Awesome. Wow. What a question. Um, so, it must have been around the summer of 89, I think, I listened to Jane's Addiction Ritual, Delo Habitual, quite a bit. Um, and uh, there was always a line in there I wanted to play with. Um, let me see here. Yeah, this album. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, it was actually 1990. So um, by... Christmas 1990, I had this Jane's Addiction song, Three Days in My Head. And there was a line in the song that says, my head it landed to the sound of cricket bows. And crickets were a theme yeah. with me for a good half yeah. year. Uh, so on Christmas Day 1990, I wrote the core parts, you know, somewhere before whatever dinners and whatnot we were having with my family, I... I scurried away to the piano and the guitar and I, I sketched out the uh, core melodies to what became like this eight minute song called crickets that you and I played Paul yes uh, yeah not not even telling you guys I was taking from Jane's addiction fucking love that song uh, um, both songs three days and crickets <laughs> but I think I, I think you I think I uh, I, uh, I think you did share that so yeah. at some point in time, yeah, yeah, it's I had, pretty I obvious. Had known the connection yeah. there, yeah, yeah. That's um, that's fucking cool. That is cool. For um, so so for me, I, I mentioned before, Grace Under Pressure is a big Christmas uh, holiday record for me. Also, Big Generator because I just have memories of driving around. Mm. Um, I I want to say that when when Love Will Find a Way was a hit. It was, you know, around the winter time, and I just have memories driving around, um, you know, my my junior and senior year of, or I guess my senior year of high school in the winter time, driving around a big generator, um, and I want to throw a special shout out to Flaming Row because now the Pure Shine has become <laughs> nice. Uh, a Christmas album for me because last year I got it right around this time of year. Nice. And I played it all through Christmas. And, you know, sometime in like January, I stopped listening to it. And it was almost like it was almost like an, a, a physical reaction after Thanksgiving. I was like, I want to hear the pure shine. I want to go <laughs> listen to that right now. <laughs> it was just funny. So, um, oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah. 
That is awesome. Absolutely we should, spectacular. We interview this. I had yeah. actually, and and I did you get that maybe a little bit after me because of probably about two months ago I I got an, an itch to listen to that and I pulled it out and and listened to it for a couple of days and it was kind of weird because I hadn't had the itch before. I don't know. I don't exactly recall when I got it. We probably got it about the same time. I don't know, but but it's funny that we both sort of had that you know yeah. urge recently. Yeah. They nailed one of those tracks in the acoustic sessions. It was kind of awesome to hear it a little a little bit, you know, closer. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, that's a, that's a good choice. I like that. I like that a lot. Excellent. So, um, you know, I think this this pretty much gets us where we needed to go. This was uh this was an excellent idea, very much fun. As always, it's great to spend a little bit of time with with you gentlemen here. As we uh, we look to uh, you know to the holidays and hopefully you know 2020's been you know just a general shit show across the board and hopefully you know we can we can close it out in you know the best way possible and you know we'll see where 2021 takes us but you know I will say you know one of the great one of the positives of 2020 as Paul pointed out in the very beginning is that the very structure the fundamental organization of the progressive palaver made it pandemic proof if you will and mm -hmm. so i think as a whole we have we here at the palaver have been able to 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 keep you know what we do going for the the year and i have certainly appreciated having this as a sense of normalcy uh, throughout the year so very very thankful for that here here here, here. So that being said, gentlemen, I will wish you happy holidays and look forward to seeing um, where we go as we uh, we turn the page into 2021. And, and again, we'll have our our dual track of Peter Gabriel and Fish with an F solo catalogs for everyone to look forward to. So. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Progressive Palaver. As always, we've enjoyed sharing the conversation with you and look forward to your thoughts, comments, feedback, and questions. You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We are at ProgPala on all of those, or search for Progressive Palaver. You're welcome to email us. Our email address is progpala at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or presumably wherever you find your podcasts. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thanks for listening.